the Dust Bowl, aka the Dirty Thirties, arguably one of the most impactful events of the Great Depression. An event which did not reach its conclusion for almost eight years, 1931 to fall 1939. This series of devastating and rather lengthy events was sparked by federal land policies, farm economics, cultural factors, and some general lousy luck with the weather. The number of inexperienced farmers across the Great Plains was higher than ever because of an uptick in access to land dating all the way back to 1862 with the Homestead Act. In terms of cultural factors, there was a belief that whatever the weather was, it would inevitably cater to the needs of farmers. They believed that homesteading and agriculture would result in the ideal climate for success. This false belief primarily stemmed from manifest destiny and coincidental periods of prosperous weather during attempts to expand in the West. Economic-wise, the Great Depression made it difficult for farmers to dig themselves out of poverty, much less maintain a successful business. Today, I want to discuss how the Dust Bowl happened, what happened, and how it affected everyday people like ourselves. The events of the Dust Bowl began in the Midwest and Southern Plains in 1931. People noticed that as crops were dying, storms were beginning. Excess dust and dirt swept up by gusting winds would create black blizzards. These storms were not comparable to anything we know to be a regular storm. Clouds of dust conquered the sky and fell like snow on people unlucky enough to be outdoors. In some cases, when the wind was high speed, Dust and sand would hit people's skin like tiny bullets leaving behind a sting. As time went on, the storms became more and more frequent. In 1932, 14 major dust storms occurred and the following year, 38. People became afraid and hopeless. The people living through the terror of the Dust Bowl also happened to be living through the Great Depression simultaneously. On March 4, 1933, Roosevelt became President of the United States. He declared a bank holiday so that Congress could develop the Emergency Banking Act of 1933. Roosevelt was able to gain back the people's faith in the bank through this act. Shortly after the Emergency Banking Act is set in motion, the Emergency Farm Mortgage Act and the Farm Credit Act were passed. They were able to provide some support to farmers who were the primary group impacted by the Dust Bowl. In late 1933, efforts were made to stabilize prices and provide agricultural commodities. They did so by slaughtering over 6 million pigs in an attempt to level out prices. As a result, the government tried to provide fruit and pork products to relief channels to calm the anger coming from the public due to the wasted meat. By October 1933, many people from the South had migrated to California to avoid dust storms and to seek work. In this time, America experienced the single largest worker strike in history, with over 18,000 workers collaborating with the CAWIU, a workers' union, to strike for a whopping 24 days. Luckily, the strike resulted in a 25% raise. However, three lives were lost in the process. In 1934, the Dust Bowl wasn't only affecting the South anymore. By now, the storms had spread over 27 states, meaning that about 75% of the country was experiencing drought. Imagine an evil cloud slowly engulfing your country. Scary, right? 
reaction to the rapid spread of the storms, Roosevelt signed an act that would enable him to extract 140 million acres of farmland from federally owned property to establish heavily monitored grazing districts. He hoped to replace some of the damaged lands and restore some, if any, prosperity. In December 1934, America received sad news right in time for Christmas. In 1934's Yearbook for Agriculture, it was discovered that 35 million acres of previously cultivated land had become unsuitable for raising crops. Another 100 million lacked most if not all topsoil, and another 125 million acres were losing topsoil and fast. The government tried to provide relief in January by compensating people for their cattle. Cattle unfit for consumption was destroyed. This benefited farmers greatly because they could make more money than they would if they were to sell at a market. In April, the Emergency Relief Appropriation Act was approved, providing $525 million to drought relief. However, only six days later, Black Sunday occurred. The worst dust storm of the entire Dust Bowl hits and causes colossal amounts of damage. For the remainder of 1935, people spent their time recovering or trying to recover. In May 1936, the SCS published a Soil Conservation District Law. The law's main goal was to provide farmers with districts to promote soil conservation. This becomes one of the only New Deal organizations that still exists today. A whole year later, Roosevelt uses his second term to start the Shelter Belt Project. He plants trees in the Great Plains that stretch 100 miles from Canada all the way to Texas. The project costs $75 million and has limited success. By 1938, however, Roosevelt's project had started to pay off, resulting in 65% decrease in soil blowing and loss. Unfortunately, the drought still continued. The drought only ended in fall 1939 when rain brought an end to the drought. Over the next decade, the country tried to get, regain prosperity. Now that we have covered the Dust Bowl's significant events, we have a better baseline understanding of the lifestyle people had to learn to adapt to during this period. While the storms mainly took place in the Great Plains, it was not uncommon for the dust to make its way all the way to New York or even the Atlantic Ocean, leaving a dusty film. Dust storms resulted in thick piles of dust that needed to be shoveled up, but were not limited to the outdoors. The winds of the storm were so strong that dust made its way into homes, stores, essentially anywhere someone could imagine. This was not just annoying for the residents of the Great Plains. It affected every aspect of their lives. Food and water were contaminated, meaning the food that people were able to afford at the time were extremely difficult to keep edible. I am sure anyone can see why that would be a problem. The starvation and dehydration were not even at the top of the list of concerns at the time. People living in the Dust Bowl had to worry about their health constantly. People were contracting dust pneumonia, a condition caused by inhaled dust, making it difficult to breathe and cause chest pain. It was fatal in some cases and claimed thousands of lives. Health was especially a concern because it was difficult to access medical care. First, because during the storms, nobody wanted to leave their homes, and two, because hardly anyone could afford sufficient medical care. The winds of the storm could crops and wealth with them, resulting in a widespread poverty throughout roughly 19 states. The government could not ignore such a large-scale disaster, so the New Deal programs were set in action. Displaced farmers gained hope from these programs and some existence, but none of it stopped the drought and poverty. Most people tried to escape the horrors of the Dust Bowl in what was called the Oki Migration. 
The migration mainly consisted of residents of the South and Southwest. These immigrants made their way to California, causing a spike in California's population and a decline in states such as Oklahoma. In their attempts to escape or run away from the troubles of the Great Plains, they found a whole new set of issues waiting for them in the West. Migrants were generalized as Okies and received discrimination for their pathetic and pitiful lifestyle. They received minimal payments, so their homes were reduced to tents located by irrigation ditches. In a letter written by a young woman named Ava in Oklahoma in 1930, she accurately communicates the devastation of the Dust Bowl. She states, Wearing our shade hats with our handkerchiefs tied over our faces and Vaseline in our nostrils, we have been trying to rescue our home from the accumulations of wind dust blown that penetrates wherever air can go. It is an almost hopeless task, and there is rarely a day when at some time the dust clouds do not roll over. Visibility approaches zero, and everything is covered again with a silt-like deposit, which may vary in depth from a film to actual ripples on the kitchen floor. I keep oiled clothes on the window sills between the upper and lower sashes. They help just a little to retard or collect the dust. Some seal the windows with gummed paper strips used in wrapping parcels, but no method is fully effective. We buy what appears to be red cedar sawdust with oil added to use in sweeping our floors, and we do our best to avoid inhaling the irritating dust. June 30th, 1930. This primary source describes firsthand how hopeless people living through the Dust Bowl felt. Quite clearly, there was nothing to be done and no end in sight. Imagine waking up every day to a sky darker and polluted by dust and barely escaping that dust and winds, even in your own home. Something we can relate to today is the inability to leave the house aside from essentials. In a pandemic, we have had the opportunity to put ourselves in the shoes of these people in history. While there are imperfections to this comparison, it is probably the closest any of us will get to living through the real thing. Besides, our pandemic is already coming to an end after a single year. There is an end in sight for us, but for them, there was no end in sight for over a decade. Not only could they not go out, but they could not even crack their window open or step outside their door. People did not have access to FaceTime or social media. They were a whole different kind of isolated for some time. Their experiences are something we as a generation cannot begin to fully understand. The Dust Bowl continues to be a relevant and vital period of our history and still presents itself in our culture, having inspired some of the most famous works of art we know today. From music to photography, the future generations have been moved to creation by the people who lived through this period and came out on the other side. With that being said, it's reasonable to conclude that the Dust Bowl was shockingly significant to our country and the people who lived through it were nothing short of extraordinary.